are live. Welcome to Real Movement Podcast. I'm Lucas Aaron, and I have a very special guest with me here today, uh, Scott Hagnas from uh, CrossFit Portland. I guess we could say formally. Formally, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll, get, we'll, get, into, <laughs> we'll get into that uh, discussion, but uh, Scott has been a Real Movement member for... Um, how long now? Would it be four mm-hmm. months, six months? Nine months, maybe. Nine months. Wow. I think it was June. June, yeah. yeah maybe that's so, only six months. Yeah, to have a year, <laughs> but yeah. kind of, uh, you know, lots going on in the last six months. And you found that tribal uh, community that, you know, like-minded coaches moving towards saying things together. And um, I think, you know, getting to know you these last six months and um, hearing your backstory and everything, it's been... Uh, like to me, it's like right place, right time coming in a real movement and being able to really streamline where you're taking things. But uh, you do have an amazing story. Um, I, I want to get into that and talk about a lot of the epic things that you've done. Um, but if, if you don't mind starting off and give us a little introduction about yourself and where you come from, how this started and <laughs> we'll get into the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I live in uh, Oregon, uh, USA. I was from the coast, a very small town initially, and I got into BMX biking in the very early years of that down there. And then that led me to move up to the city in Portland, which is where I still live nowadays. Um, though I did a stint living way out in the way out in the hills outside of here for a number of years. So I could have my own compound of bike ramps and oh, cool. That's where the whole garage gym thing started for me. It was actually way out there in the sticks. This would have been in the mid nineties. Oh, cool. But I rode. You have some VHS um, tapes from back then. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know how many videotapes I have sitting around. In fact, I've got a box. <laughs> my, my older, my older brother used to skateboard and they used to go out with like VHS and they would come home with like the VHS tapes and we'd be watching those. I was like yeah, a lot younger at the time, but mm-hmm. I can imagine you probably had the same similar thing going on. So many uh, VHS and then mini DV and all those, which those <laughs> thankfully took up less space. But yeah, I, yeah. I produced videos of that sport all through the nineties and early two oh, thousands cool. up until uh, 2007. I did that. Uh, and I still do web, some web videos of uh, different BMX stuff now and then when I get the time. So yeah, been yeah. involved in that sport for many, many years. And, and really that was with a, uh, catalyst for this whole journey with gym and training that I ended up on was somewhere when I was like 30 ish or so, um, I thought, well, I want to keep going at this and no one mm-hmm. much older was doing it at the time. So started figuring out how to train at first. It was just the usual bodybuilding stuff, but, uh, I, uh, soon found it was extremely interesting. I spent all my free time researching as best as I could reading books and mm-hmm. early days of the internet and built up a pretty nice home gym setup and including outdoor, you know, kind of functional training things, tire flips and all that good stuff. Cool. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, one thing kind of led to another and I was always kind of interested in gymnastic strength and in the uh, very early two thousands, there was next to nothing you could find on that. And if you weren't in the real gymnastics world and that was how I found CrossFit in, I don't know exactly, but it was about 2002, somewhere in there when there was just a website, no gyms, 
the website didn't even tell you where the one gym was located. <laughs> it had very little information, you know? And uh, I was like, oh, they're doing muscle ups and some ring stuff and some handstand things. And I thought that was, so I started borrowing some of that, but I couldn't wrap my eye, my mind around doing the wads. I was very, uh, you know, I, mm. Charles Pollock and, um, you know, I followed his stuff as far back as the mid nineties mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, Ian King and some others like that from back in the day. And my first, exposure to flexibility was really through Ian King. Um, he was a big proponent of that. And he was at mm-hmm. one point, I think he and Charles worked together a bit and maybe there was a falling out at some point. I'm not really sure, but, uh, that kind of set me on that path, um, of realizing that stretching actually had a, a good role to play. Mm. And, uh, as I eventually, you know, I came to this idea, well, I'm just finally going to try this CrossFit stuff. It seems a little more time efficient than what I've been doing. I'm trying to get a lot of time to ride, uh, you know, hour, hour and a half workouts and three yeah, hours of riding is a little challenging. Yeah. And when CrossFit came out, it was very raw. Like when you look at the workouts, I was like, man, that's like really raw training. Like no one's yeah. presenting it like that. Um, kind of has that tactical kind of thing to it as well, too. It was really cool. Everyone mm-hmm. was like running and doing old school like body weight workouts and stuff like yeah it was a cool time when that came out yeah the, the early years were still yeah they were so so great and i um do it started doing it in the garage i was pretty hooked pretty quickly um mm-hmm. i found i could do it pretty well uh pretty quickly which was nice uh i started going up to seattle washington which is about three hour drive from here i would go up the the very first affiliate gym there was was in seattle and I would go up, I met the people there, uh, Rob Wolf, the, you know, the paleo nutrition guy was one of the very early guys up there before he moved back to California. And so I kind of met that crew and he and I eventually became pretty good friends, but that opened a bunch of doors. Um, mm-hmm. I eventually met the, the Glassmans that founded CrossFit in the first place and would go down to Santa Cruz where the original gym was. And I would train there, you know, stay with them occasionally, uh, kind of got to know the ins and outs and back then it was super fun. There's so many gymnastic skills. It was so different than what we see nowadays. Yeah. As far as, I mean, we would do cargo net climbs. We might do, you know, swing the handstand on parallel bars and, and sure we went hard and did the Metcons, but there was a lot of that skill-based stuff. You just don't see Yeah, you know, as it got more popular. Yeah. And didn't coach Chris summer have a role to play in some of the development of that stuff as well? Like back then there was, yes. So that was an interesting one. They, before there were really seminars, they held a big training symposium. I remember right. It was in Denver. uh, And they had all these subject matter experts in the different areas. And and coach Sommer was the gymnastics guy. And he put on a pretty eye opening presentation. I was not at this particular one. But uh, that kind of set that in motion a bit. But, uh, you know, he and Glassman both have very strong personalities and mm-hmm. like oil and water that very soon didn't mix too well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it kind of set things in motion. And uh, that was where I became aware of him in the early years. And that was uh, also super foundational. This is early wads, maybe 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a whole crew of people by that point doing gymnastic strength work and yeah. super into that, chasing the planche and the levers and those yeah. things. Yeah, man, that's an epic time. Be part of that like whole culture. Everyone, you know, picking that up again and realizing like this is a amazing strength discipline. That's really what appealed me to the bodyweight strength training was the application of strength, like not just 
I think prior to that, that whole calisthenics, like high reps calisthenics, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, w- it wasn't the strength, like straight arm strength work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, uh, it just feels like we weren't really exposed to it more culturally than around that time. Everyone started doing it and mm-hmm. yeah, a really cool scene to be a part of for sure. It, it really was. And it did. It, it gelled so much with what I love to do because it was like, it felt exactly like chasing the skills on the bike. You know, you had these yeah. difficult things. It took all, you know, you were in for a long grind, mm-hmm. you know, to get, but you keep putting in the work and solve the puzzle of how to get to things like a straddle planche and yeah. those various things. And uh, yeah, it was super, super cool. But the, the gym came around in this time for me, it was sort of, again, somewhat coincidental. Like I had a martial arts studio in Portland he did some CrossFit. He was kind of wanting to open a gym, but he didn't know how to do it, like coach it. And the Glassman's knew I lived in the area and was pretty familiar with stuff. So they put us together and that was where the whole thing started and it started small and grew yeah. over the years. And you had the first CrossFit affiliation in Portland, was it? Or was it like one of the first ones? It was general? one of the first ones overall. They didn't yeah. give us numbers back then, but we were in the sub 25 in the world for sure. Wow. Um, and I think we were about the oldest surviving uh, up until, you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. They're on every um, corner now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or they were. <laughs> they were, yeah. 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 yeah it was pretty but, crazy. Uh, yeah. Through those years, uh, some, some great stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, through Watt, Rob, I met Ido Partal in the early years and uh, we, he, we had some early seminars here and he actually lived in our basement for a short while. Cool. Uh, we worked on some projects together that never came to fruition using my video editing where I filmed a whole bunch of stuff. So what was, that was, uh, a what was the project? Time. So like body, like Florio kind of stuff or? Uh, we didn't do the Florio stuff. So there was a, a handstand development DVD. There was a loaded stretching um, DVD we filmed. And the third one was... Uh, I think it was basic straight arm scap. You have some lower end strength stuff. Yeah, um, I have all those that's months. sitting on uh, mini DV tapes. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. That I don't be... have a DV player that works right now. I did borrow one recently to, for a, a bike related project. I saw some of those. Yeah. I, like, I got to look through. There's some things I haven't really seen hiding oh, in that stuff. Wow. That would be amazing to see that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. That was very cool, man. Um, yeah. So, so 2004 you opened up the gym so 16 years 16 17 years 16 yeah yeah it's it's quite a ride man um like one of the cool things that you've talked about is like like some of the good things along the way and then like some of the things that you change i think that's always like for our listeners and and coaches that are you know um grinding like we are and and you know going through the trenches and doing all the same things it's always cool to hear those perspectives shared because everyone always shares it's nice to hear the wins but it's nice to hear things you've learned along the way too and that was the last time you talked at our our uh, presentation there you were talking about you know some of those things like mm-hmm. i don't know if you wanted to share some of those yeah sure, something that someone would pick up and, and think about like, for sure yeah, yeah, there, there really is. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the biggest ones, and I, I know this happens to so many in our industry, is we, we get into this because we love training and we're passionate about helping people and training. But 
typically we have no business knowledge coming in. Right. And I didn't either. You know, I had a relatively, you know, I worked for the post office before I opened the gym. I, that was my side job. And um, I didn't know, have to know any of that there. And I did, that wasn't my thing. And uh, I could have done much better and probably been in a better place had I known more about those elements. I mean, I don't think you have to be necessarily a master at them, but you do have to, that has to be a part of what you do. And I was sort of fortunate in that um, a business partner fairly early on was much more interested in that side of things. And it worked well because I could focus on the training side and the things I did well, and he could focus on those. Um, But then, you know, over time, if you, you know, things change and, you know, that person moves on and you don't have those Mm -hmm. skills, then, you know, that's potentially some problem. And then, I think making sure that you and your team are all on the same page of what you're doing. Um, yeah. We had great coaches and, you know, really good with people, really knowledgeable in different areas, which was a cool dynamic. You know, we had people, I have strength in certain areas, other, other people had strength in other areas. And so as a crew, we had a great synergy, but at the same time, everyone was also kind of going in different directions. And that's another thing I think, mm-hmm. you know, facility, something to kind of watch out for. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in the end for me, it worked out sort of because I've always had my own clientele of individual program people and one-on-one people and, and sort of my group. And I still mm-hmm. have them, even though I have no facility, yeah. I automatically have a, a business that I can support myself with, but, yeah. um, it certainly didn't help the whole, the collective of what was the gym. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, maybe let's talk a bit about some of these transitions for you because we were just saying before we started the call, you know, I think, you know, you came to real movement, right place, right time. And you're able to find support where you needed it and making a transition and closing a gym and moving online, which is the direction a lot of us are going these days, like given current circumstances of the world. And if we do get back to normal or whatever that is, I think, we all know now that it is very important for us to establish an online presence and just have that um, as like a, a component of our, our product and, our, and what we're doing as coaches. So yeah, like if you want to share a little bit about some of the transitions you've been making now after, you know, this timeline of owning the gym for what was 16 years and, and all those kind of things, like now making that transition, that's a pretty, pretty big thing to share. Yeah, no, it's been super helpful. It was really the right time, right place. And uh, as I shared on the the talk uh, last last weekend, you know, it's all these things I've done. I never really felt I had a team. Like CrossFit is not a team, right? They give you a license to do some things, but you get no communication. And and many of the other systems I've been involved in as well, very similar. But uh, um, the support and, and kind of getting going the directions and doing the things I need to do, particularly, uh, you know, social media development and um, content creation, how to write and all these things uh, have been extremely helpful. And I've seen the benefit absolutely right, right away. So this was a challenging year because I had to, you know, with our reduced business because of various COVID restrictions, I had to run everything mostly myself, but at the same time, I'm trying to build this whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I've been able to do um, both. Um, recently, things just in the final phase became so much. I've had to put some of the social media stuff aside just to to get by. But that's I have that I have all the back end work. I'm mean, gonna hit the ground running as soon as 
you know, I finally can uh, hand the keys over here in, you know, like two weeks. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think some important lessons have been, you know, you need some sort of accountability. Uh, if you can do that yourself, great. But I think most all of us need some sort of accountability. And that was something I eventually realized I can train alone, but I still need accountability in other areas. And it's so helpful, even if all yeah. you're doing is putting a little post, you know, yep. Yep. On, setting a, on some, a, some uh, quarterly targets with the seasons and you absolutely. Know, yeah. Breaking the year down a little bit more and looking at those daily freedoms, uh, you mm-hmm. know, some of those things that we don't really consider. We're always thinking about that end state. <laughs> yeah, no, that's been, both those have been really, really helpful. I love yeah. those ideas and uh, the seasons and the targets and the kind of assessing partway through and mm-hmm. seeing what you need to change, you know, the, and, and, you know, you're going to have one that's probably going to be a bit of a learning experience. I found I started right as season three was starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had some wins there, but uh, I also realized I had to do things a little differently now, even with all the things I've had going, season four is going to look uh, quite a bit better mm-hmm. on all the, all the levels really. And yeah. That's awesome. I can only imagine going forward, you know, in the yeah. next, uh, next year. Yeah. So moving online now, so you've, you've got a pretty good established product now. So it's, it's ride unlimited coach. So you're, you're niching down a little bit and like going into a market you're very passionate about. You have a lot of experience in that, you know, that's, I think something that we need to take more into account when we move online is like, who do we want to talk to? Um, because it is a bit of a different market. It's, um, you know, everyone's a coach kind of in a way. Right. And, but now you, now you're able to speak to an audience in the, the world. Like you can, you can speak to people all over the world. Yeah. So when, when you think of it that way, those, you can really create a new avatar that you want to talk to. So maybe just talk about your avatar as a coach, like, and how you've created this new um, approach to that. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's absolutely it. And, you know, when I first joined Real Movement, I talked to, to Keegan and he you know, really, and, and I think I talked to you as well, you know, mm-hmm. both these and you get niche down. And that, that was great because this is exactly what I really would love to do is you know, work within my sport, which has never really had anyone doing any sort of physical training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've worked with guys here. I've worked with even, you know, an X Games winner before and, you know, done, the you know uh, injury rehab and building and you know all that stuff with those folks but there's as far as there being anyone that has any sort of presence anywhere in the world you know i don't know of any and yeah. so uh that's an opportunity and it's a very global sport mm-hmm. um you know we're already interconnected uh social media in particular and so i realized that you know this, this is an opportunity here and um when you can train people on any continent Mm-hmm. you know it's um the sky's the limit so i mm-hmm. think as a way to get an online presence you really need to look at whether it's you know a sport you're in or a, a, a ability you have dive solve. dive in and that yeah. just find a problem and yeah find, exactly find a problem and solve it you know yeah and uh because if you're out in the sea of people trying to just give gen pop you know body composition. I, I just don't know how you'll ever differentiate yourself, at least not without a huge marketing budget or yeah. 
being the, you know, an extremely young and attractive person, maybe that, <laughs> I don't know, you know, right. We're looking at the long game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, no, I had a thought there. I was just thinking about, um, what, so the freestyle athlete, the BMX freestyle athlete, what is it that they need? Yeah. So first of all, the first way I look at it is almost none of these folks have ever done any really, um, uh, structured training. Mm-hmm. Typically they typically have ridden. I know that are going to have a pretty high aerobic base. So even though you're never traveling any distance doing this, it's, you spend a lot of time at a elevated heart rate. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is just kind of covering all those basic human functions. And generally they're not going to have good mobility about the hips and shoulders, shoulders and elbows in particular. And, and the type of riding I do is the worst. Uh, and it's kind of a very internally rotated kind of stuck without really flexion or extension kind mm-hmm. of pattern. And so you got to get in and address that a little bit specifically. Mm-hmm. And then because you stand on pedals and then worse yet, the pegs all the time, feet don't work like feet after a while very well. It's a, a pretty common thing. So you really have to kind of reestablish some foot strength and connection between like glute and foot. And yep. so the training starts fairly simplistic, but there are those kind of things that we need to look at. And then uh, hamstrings in a lengthened state need to be pretty strong because you that's sort of how you balance and how you pull yourself forward is by kind of a almost ballistically engaging a straight leg backwards. Yeah. And it's a, it's a lot of load on the hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're looking to take that to another level, you really need to start looking at those, you know, finer details in, you know, it being such a high skill, the, the the issue with those applications of high skill work is you're always working on your skill and you're not actually addressing certain ranges or positions because you're always in this one position. Yeah. So I can imagine that, you know, just opening up trunk and shoulders and because you're always in this like hunched forward position and I've seen you doing some tricks, like you're doing some pretty sick tricks and you, you know, how old are you now? You're, 54. 54. You've been doing it for a while and you're moving well, man. 40 years, maybe. Getting close, close to yeah. the 40 year marker riding, I want to say. Yeah. And you're like hitting front splits. And yeah, you got those back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're better coming, than I've ever had them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So and you're coming into side split. You've made a lot of progress there and your back bridge has opened up. And yeah, like you're moving really well. Like it's really cool watching you do your bike work and then your training and seeing like that application of your flexibility and strength outside of it as well it's imagine what you could do for other athletes yeah i feel it's really really a key and and the 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 place where you don't necessarily see it but it really pays off is just escaping crashes like having that mobility mm-hmm. you know to you not get tangled or you can cross legs step out of something and and that's many times i'm like well I didn't know I could jump away like that, but it looks like it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone was like at the presentation, we had a real movement last week and everyone was buzzing when you were talking about your work with uh, Rob Wolf and um, the performance menu and you did some work with paleo solution and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool, man. Like to hear that work you've done, like you share a little bit about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a early fun. The first time I went down to visit Rob in Chico when he first had the, his CrossFit gym, uh, it was early 2005. The performance menu was brand new and I had uh, cooked up some paleo red cabbage and it was turned out super good. And I was excited to, you know, share it with him. And he ate some and he's like, wow, this is awesome. He's like, do you want to write a cooking column or, you know, for the, <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'll whip up a few recipes. And, and then I did one column and he's like, do you want to make it a regular thing? I was like, okay, sure. And so uh, for, I think it was 11 years. And if I counted, it was like 860 some odd recipes I wrote for them. And uh, we compiled the first couple of years into a paleo uh, ebook, a paleo cookbook, which to my knowledge was the first paleo cookbook of any kind ever written. Wow. Um, and then the second volume a couple of years later. And I was always going to do more with that. I, you know, do a print version and it was one of these mm -hmm. things that got busy enough. I got sidetracked, never did it. But when, when he uh, wrote the paleo solution, then he uh, hit me up to write up the, some recipes and the general, the meal plan. So mm -hmm. there's like a month's worth of meal planning in there. And they were sharing how I was cr crunching to hit the deadline. I was at a seminar. I was like a full <laughs> weekend seminar. And then after the seminar, I'm staying up till, you know, midnight writing these recipes. But yeah, that's wild. Didn't even have time to eat. Yeah, I don't know if I ate. <laughs> <laughs> Paleo writer fasting all the time because you have time to eat. Yeah. Are you still Such eating? The good thing was back then, I did a lot of fasting. So. <laughs> uh, how's your diet nowadays? Are you still running the paleo or have you switched up? No, I've actually switched off of that for, for really quite a while. And um, yeah. I think for the amount of the types of training I was doing and riding, um, I needed more carbs than the really low, low calorie or low carb that mm -hmm. was back in those early years. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is mostly before this all became super mainstream. And mm -hmm. uh, I started um, adding more, starting with sweet potatoes and things like that. But I wrote as kind of a series for the performance menu on uh, my argument for more or at a phase where I would just get hammered with so many emails from people like that same thing happened to me. And I was just doing these endless consults on trying to fix people at it, you know, done too much CrossFit with no carbs and had no right. testosterone anymore and <laughs> so on and so forth. So, uh, that was sort of, you know, that was my evolution out of that a bit. So nowadays I, I definitely don't really fast. Um, I feel pretty good eating a more balanced, yeah. um, meal, but I've never, you know, I don't know if it's riding or lucky or whatever, but I, I stay pretty lean without having to worry, you know, too much about it. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah, I mean, people, when they get excited about something, they just take charge, you know, go crazy yeah. hard. That was that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was, I totally did that back in the day. <laughs> Everyone was just shredded doing wads, eating nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to post up a, pic, a crazy picture. It's a bike picture, but it was at that phase when I first hit that and I got that initial um, bounce, I guess, if you will. Like, it was already already lean to start with and then i did that and uh it was it's weird looking almost <laughs> <laughs> don't have any desire to do that again though yeah let's go in so you're handing over the crossfit gym now it's a transition for you you're moving online yeah. um what's what are you most excited about for 2021 wow yeah um having it all here so we moved everything here i've got an insanely equipped home gym <laughs> and we're gonna have an outdoor area as well we live in portland but we have about three quarters of an acre which is actually a really large lot kind of on the 
Amazing. outside of the main city. And so once we're able to have more people over, we'll you know be doing some larger things here. But primarily, I'm I'm loving doing uh, one class in the morning. You know, some of my consultations and some of my individuals I work with, and really just developing this both for the two things I'm doing the the BMX related one, and then a kind of more class oriented you know evolution of the whole thing including way more mobility work um some gymnastic strength work some odd lifts you know kind yeah. of thing yeah that's my cool other it's thing. cool to bring the stuff back eh? like even oh absolutely yeah. you know for me um because i've really gone hard now this year and getting back into the power belt work and it's funny when you think back to those times like where i got out of it and i was going crazy into the gymnastic strength stuff I was like, I'm never going back to the bar again. You know, <laughs> time passes and, you know, next thing you know, you're craving to get into like that other discipline. And that's, what's cool about, I think for us, like being so passionate about the physical culture and I think just being, you know, the best coach you can be, you know, willing to go out, try all those different disciplines. And then once you feel like you've gotten maybe not a mastery of it, but a good enough grasp of it being able to go back to some of the other things and i feel like that's just where the best systems come from the coaches that have gone like you look at paula quinn and ito and you know they've gone out and they've done all these different disciplines and and they come back and they do the things that they're best at with those thoughts in mind and yeah you know i think that's the culture we're trying to create and um yeah you definitely live and breathe that man it's been really cool um hanging out with you and we've been doing some flexibility workouts together and just like yeah it's been great yeah hearing your story i'm like man this guy's a legend (laughs) (laughs) he's been in the game so this uh uh, year yeah i want to bring back the clubs again i used to swing clubs back in those early years quite a lot and uh, really fits in with kind of this idea of lateral strength and having better movement than i had back then Uh, i'm kind of excited to um employ that as well And then over the course of this year, I want to do a little in-house research with uh, on flexibility with the uh, NEARS unit, which I managed to get my hands on. Oh, cool. uh, so a little muscle oxygenation, kind of see what's going on at certain certain levels with that, which I don't know if anyone's tested that. Yeah. Um, so I just need the time to get the logistics set up on that. And uh, oh, I, so want to be, I want to be a part of that. Stuff there. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, that's great, man. Well, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. I look forward to your to your your launch and and seeing what you get up to in 2021 and you know i think this message in, in this episode today will resonate with some some coaches out there maybe going through some things you've been through and or maybe you know just give them that peace of mind like yeah going. i mean i imagine there's some facility owners out there struggling you know with the shutdowns and mm-hmm. everything and you know there's you know, I just think you have to be a flexible, uh, not just body, but you got to figure yeah. ways to keep it moving forward. And there are, there are some ways, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. get people stoked on having home gyms. Yeah. It is possible and, uh, figure out how to network with them. And there's lots of avenues. Yeah. That's awesome. Great, man. Well, uh, I think that's, that's a good, uh, introduction and, and story for us to, to end on a good note there. And yeah, appreciate you sitting down with me and, uh, sharing some of those insights absolutely yeah thanks for having me awesome all right we'll talk soon